Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have had some awesome episodes over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you have been tuning in, but I don't know if it's me or if it's the caliber of the guests, but the last couple shows, they've just really rocked. And I'm really, really excited uh, because we're bringing more value to the people who listen. And I'm learning a lot because that's why I started this show. It's kind of like having my own personal little uh, college course going. I've now interviewed over 250 people. This is episode 299, which means we are one episode away from the magical 300. And I said a couple of weeks ago on one of the shows, that uh, when I was learning to become a professional speaker, somebody said, before you're ever going to be comfortable, before you're ever going to be able to really get great, you have to deliver over 300 speeches. And when I started off, I thought, oh my God, 300, how will I ever get to 300? And then my ego kicked in. I said, I'll be great long before that. But now that I've topped well over 600, almost 650 presentations over the last decade, I will tell you that there is some truth to that uh, 300 magic number. You just get really comfortable. So in the back of my mind, I knew this podcast needed to get uh, lots of episodes before I was going to be able to just share and really provide the level of value I want. So I think that, I think that we, have, we have tipped on the tipping point and some good things are happening. So today's show is brought to you by Open Sky Fitness. Hey, if you're an entrepreneur and you're tired of buying into the hustle mentality and you know you need some healthy balance, you're not alone. Rob over at Open Sky Fitness helps busy high achievers push away from their desk and carve out some time for healthier choices based on their personal goals. Hey, if getting into better shape is your goal, and I know it is, if you're an entrepreneur, you got to be healthy. Trust me, I've been through it. I used to weigh 30 pounds more. I know. And you're seeking either online coaching or in-personal training if you live in the Los Angeles area, you got to talk to Rob Dion. Check out his offerings at OpenSkyFitness.com and subscribe to his Open Sky Fitness podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And your favorite podcasts include Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for being a listener. If this is your first show, I welcome you here. If you've listened to 299 shows, you're probably a little kooky because I don't think anybody's listened to all of them, but I really appreciate you for whatever you have done. Today, we have a great show. I have Scott Lopez with me. Now, Now Scott is the Managing Director of Primary Capital, LLC. He's out of Southern California. Uh, he's a graduate of the Thunderbird School of Global Management. He also is the host of the radio show Disruptor Invest... I'm sorry, Disruptor... Disruptive... <laughs> DisruptiveInvestorRadio.com. And he is doing some really cool things. I met him recently. And anytime I get the chance... To talk to somebody who's an investor or an investment banker, I really learn a lot more about how business works. So I said, Scott, will you please come and be on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do? And like all my favorite entrepreneurs, Scott said, yes. And so welcome to the show, Scott Lopez. Tom, thank you so much. Congratulations on 299. Yeah. Almost there. And uh, I think that's a great benchmark, 300 
to achieve mastery, so to speak. That's fantastic. You're almost great job. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's kind of like the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours theory. You got to do something a few times before you're really going to get uh, that mastery. So, so we're here and, and, uh, and 299 is a magical number, I think. So welcome to the show and tell everybody a little bit about your business. I, I don't read long bios on this, <clears throat> on this podcast. No, you don't. And, you know, Disruptive Investor Radio is a radio show that was born from the fact that I see a lot of different deals, uh, you know, investment opportunities as an investment banker. And being in Southern California, Orange County, I'm exposed to a lot of uh, early stage tech deals, uh, early stage medical device deals. And what I saw was a tremendous amount of disruptive technology coming across my desk. I also do investor uh, conferences and investor presentations. So the whole idea that what I do is to help these early stage companies raise capital, 1 million, 5 million, sometimes even 20 million, depending on, on what they're doing, and take that to the next level, uh, get some uh, angel investors, perhaps, um, venture capital, private equity, uh, family offices, and help them with expansion, growth, capital, uh, you know, whatever they need their money for to take their business to the next level. But what I saw and what I've been seeing a lot of is artificial intelligence companies, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, Bitcoin uh, or cryptocurrency. I've also seen uh, cannabis companies, um, uh, drones, cybersecurity, esports. I mean, all of this disruption, all of this tremendous innovation that's happening all around us. And a lot of people don't really know what it means. So as an, I, as an investor, like are investors high on cannabis companies? I couldn't, there, it's, I couldn't it, resist. <laughs> so high, you have no idea. That's right. Are they really high on cannabis companies? Re re really high returns. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you want some high returns, you invest in those cannabis companies. That's right. But it's a tremendous amount of disruption going on right now. And what does that mean to the average person? Um, you know, if I'm an investor, if I'm an entrepreneur, if I'm a blue collar worker, a C-level executive, a student, is, are these, these changes that are happening, are they a threat? Are they an opportunity? Are they something to be feared? Are they something to be embraced? And the whole idea of the show is to interview a company, but also in that in that same vertical, interview a venture capitalist or a private uh, private equity person who's putting money into those deals. So we're getting what's called you know sell side and buy side uh, perspectives, so we can make an informed, intelligent decision on whether or not we you know need to take action, um, get involved, uh, invest, whatever. Well, it must be fascinating to get to see all of these disruptive companies sort of at once, because there's certainly a lot of stuff going on right now. I live in Austin, Texas, and Austin has been sort of a disruptive town. It's been a tech town for the last 20 years, uh, and there's been a lot of stuff. But right now, there seems to be a perfect storm of disruption happening in so many different areas with so many different things. It, it must be an exciting time to be both an investment banker and then also to be hosting a show where you're talking about this. Exactly right. I'm learning all the time and it's intellectually stimulating and challenging at the same time. What does it mean? But you're exactly right. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the cutting edge um, uh, from all sides and it, it's, it's cool. So what For example, got, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, I just interviewed a company last week out of Santa Fe, New Mexico, Descartes Labs, and they're an artificial intelligence company rated by uh, Fast Company Magazine, um, one of the top 10 in the world. And they're taking all of this unstructured data, like unstructured. What does that mean? Um, these guys, they specialize in compiling satellite imagery of the planet uh, over 20 years, 30 years. I mean, it's petabytes worth of data and trying to figure out 
what the, just with satellite imagery only, what are the uh, impacts on the environment on the planet? So what uh, floods, for example, can we predict floods and the effects of floods? Can we predict the effects of wildfires um, and how it affects the um, environmental ecosystem? Most importantly, uh, agricultural forecasting, a huge business, right? I mean, it's feed the planet, uh, tens of billions of dollars worth of, of uh, um, analysis goes into trying to figure out you know, accurate agricultural forecasting. And these guys are able to do that using artificial intelligence algorithms and machine learning. And they work with companies like Cargill and uh, Archer Midland, or, or Archer Midland Daniels, um, you know, to figure out the best way to feed the planet hmm. <laughs> just on satellite imagery. Yeah, and, I, and that's a that's an industry that's changing a lot. I'm going to be speaking at a conference in January for a company that's in the fertilizer business. And I had sort of like a prep call now a few months out because I speak in every different industry because I talk about a combination of, you know, how do you connect better with people in a world where everybody's on social media? How do you get back to really building relationships? And then I talk about how do you get your team to have more potential. How do you, you know, we think we hire all these people who have great potential and then a lot of them, nothing pans out. So I have a, a presentation called the paradox of potential. And uh, so I'm going to be working with this one group and, you know, I have to get kind of a background. So I always have in-depth calls with clients in, in industries and they were kind of educating me on what they do to feed the planet and to, you know, help grow the yields for farmers. And it's a fascinating business. And we talked about this fact that it's changing and it's changing faster than at any time in history. It, it, it is. You know, I asked um, the CEO of the company, uh, Mark Johnson from Descartes Labs, I said, what does this mean to the average everyday person? And this would be a takeaway for the listeners and the entrepreneurs. And he said, you know what? Uh, satellite imagery and agricultural forecasting seems kind of far out there and maybe in the ethereal realm. But if I could give a takeaway to the listeners, number one, start paying attention to data because there's all kinds of trends and patterns that if we're able to understand what data and numbers mean, or at least be open to it, we can then uh, find things that will make our world and our life a little bit more easier. Hmm. Oh, that's a pretty interesting concept. So what led you down this path to be sort of an investment banker and then also to be starting starting your podcast and your radio show? But what led you down this path? Where did you start out? Where did you go to undergrad? I, I saw that you went to Thunderbird for your MBA, but where did you start out? And what, what was sort of your path that led you to this entrepreneurial life that you're leading? So um, I went to the, uh, for undergraduate, I went to the University of New Mexico, got my degree in economics, and I actually spent 10 years in the military. I was a uh, Marine Corps pilot, as you said earlier in the bio. Um, but I was also a public affairs officer in the Marine Corps, meaning I was you know, doing public relations, crisis communication. That was my last assignment before I got out. I have done all kinds of different things along my path, right? And I think most uh, entrepreneurs could relate to this. I, I don't do that well in a, uh, in, you would think I would because I was in the Marine Corps. I was going to say, you were a Marine. Come on. Yeah, but, but I, I was a career Marine, right? You know, I took the best of it, but I don't do well in the, in the bureaucracy. I don't do well in the big corporate structure environment. Um, I do well in more of a nimble environment. So I've been my own business owner before. I've owned a franchise. Uh, I've had a couple of, um, I've always been a sell, you know, I've done a lot of sales before, 100% commission sales, uh, kind of living on the edge, uh, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, eat what you kill. And how I got into investment banking was uh, I was in medical device sales in Orange County, uh, selling pacemakers and defibrillators. And Orange County itself is also a very um, active medical device uh, innovation system here. We have uh, like over 300 companies in medical devices. So I started investing in those companies and got approached by a hedge fund um, to help them source deals and do 
due diligence. And that kind of led me to invest in banking. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you said you spent some time in, in sales. That was my early days too. I was a 100% commission salesperson. And I think that preps you really well to be an entrepreneur when when you have to early on learn that you eat what you kill. I think a lot of people get into corporate America or they come through other things like like academia or the military and, and they don't really realize that you can have weeks where the paycheck doesn't come because they've it's spent their whole life, the paycheck just comes. Yeah, it's a little bit scary, right? I mean, you know, we have a limited upside and create your own schedule and pick your own clients. But that also means it can be feast or famine. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a certain personality type, I think, that thrives in that environment. You know, one other thing I'll tell you uh, in terms of being an entrepreneur and that, that A-type personality, I've also uh, been practicing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for about nine years. Um, and I took that up in my 40s. I'm, I just turned 50 two weeks ago. So, you know, that's happy, a real- Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Think, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. So we're almost we're almost the same age. I'm I'm a hair older than you. I was born a year I was born a year earlier. Uh but you know, all all the good kids were born in 66, much like the Ford Mustang. 67, we're not so sure. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that, but I'll I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, fighter pilot, entrepreneur, sales guy 100% commission, um, you know, investment banker, which is also a what you kill business, jiu-jitsu fighter, um you know, that's a certain personality type. And I think, you know, that through my life, I've had to evolve into a, you know, um, how would I say this, a master of uh, nothing, but a jack of all trades, right? Well, you so, sound like you're kind of a scrappy guy. And I think that's a good uh, trait for someone who's going to be an entrepreneur. If you're able to, you know, get in there in, in the trenches with the jujitsu, I mean, obviously, you know how to scrape your way out and win, right? So what's the number one quality of success in all parts of life? It's persistence, right? I mean, by far, never, ever, 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 never give up. And so whether you're on the mat in a combat situation with grappling or you're uh, in business and you get hit and knocked down over and over and over or you lose that client or the market changes or you get disrupted by some type of crazy technology, you have got to persist no matter what. You know, mental toughness, performance under pressure. That's, I mean, so, I, I, I agree. And that's the thing, like this podcast, my, my listenership has started going up quite a bit over the last few months. And some people have inquired, like, what, why is your show growing, right? You've had this little podcast for a long time. Why is it growing? And I said, because I've had this little podcast for a long time. I mean, part of it because is- Because I think it's incredible. I, I think you are the, you're to be congratulated 100% for- sticking to it. Yep. I mean, 299 episodes, what a great uh, achievement that is. And, you know, I'm, I'm on episode number three on this week on for my podcast because I just started it. So congratulations. You're my inspiration. <laughs> uh, you're 99% ahead of where that, I've been. That, that's right. A, a hundred <laughs> times more shows, but whatever. Well, but, but the truth is, is it's kind of like my speaking career, right? I've been doing this now for eight years as my full-time venture as a professional speaker and master of ceremonies. And this year I'm having the year I've wanted to have all along. I mean, I've had good years up until now, but this is this year's going really well. And again, a lot of people quit before they ever get there. They're like, well, maybe I won't do it. Or I've done, you know, I did a hundred shows and I'm not famous, so I'm going to stop the podcast. Or I've been speaking for a couple of years and I'm not getting the right type of gig, so I'm going to go get another job. And I think that longevity actually is uh, is is a key to being successful. You got to pivot along the way. And I've done that with my speaking career and certainly with the podcast. But I think that the the other piece of it is, is longevity really pays off for, for a lot of people. So you just said, I agree with you again, persistence, longevity, resiliency, whatever you want to call it. That is, in, in my opinion, it's the number one success factor. Um, it, it beats education. It beats you know money. It beats hard work. Just don't give up. 
and, and you have it and you're getting that great success and you definitely deserve all that success. But you, you just mentioned something that um, I want to share with the entrepreneurs and, and from an investor perspective, the ability to pivot, right? So let's just kind of reset for a second. A company comes to us and does an investor pitch and they say, hey, we've got this great idea. Here's the solution. Pardon me. Here's the big uh, problem. Here's the solution that we have. Here's our go-to-market strategy. Here's how much money we're going to raise. Here's the use of proceeds. Here are the milestones that we've hit. I want to see in that presentation from that entrepreneur, we anticipate that we may have to pivot, right? Something may happen inside this, uh, this market, may happen within the company, uh, some, some type of technology. Uh, we may have to pivot. And if we do, then this is what our plan is. This is how we're going to handle it. If the entrepreneur has that foresight, that's a huge win. Because somebody who keeps their head down and just goes in, you know, stays in their swim lane, so to speak, and doesn't look around them or doesn't even anticipate there could be change in the market is somebody who may not give the investors the best uh, comfort level, so to speak. Absolutely. Hey, so you've been doing this for a while now. What do you love most about this life you've created of this entrepreneurial path? Um, unlimited upside, my ability to uh, create my own destiny, so to speak. I love all the different people and technologies that I work with. I want to see people do well. Um, and ultimately, it's about service and giving back, right? If we can work with uh, great uh, entrepreneurs um, and investors that are making a difference, a social impact, that's where I feel really good. And is there anything you don't like? Are there any times you think, you know, I, I could go back and have a job. I, I could, I wish I was back in the military where it just was, you know, somebody spelled it out for me. You ever miss those days? Um, you know what I miss? I don't miss that um, because that's kind of a stifling environment, right? What I do miss, is, and, and, and I've adjusted for it, I've pivoted for it, is I don't like the ability not to control all of the, uh, there's too many unknown variables sometimes. Sometimes, you know, an investor will come on to a deal really hot and excited and then they'll go silent on you. Sometimes the, uh, you know, the entrepreneur, the company, they don't perform and meet their milestones as they had promised. So there, there are, there are things, and that can actually affect a deal, right? You can put three, four, five, uh, seven months into working on a, uh, on an investment banking transaction, and then it falls apart for, for things outside of your own control. And you were, you know, counting on that money. So one of the things that's important, I think, is through a podcast um, or you know, internet marketing, uh, have some other income coming in to make sure when, when uh, that, that kind of, I would say, like a baseline of income that's coming in. So that you're not riding the, the cash flow roller coaster because <laughs> well, you can't because you can't always control what's going on out there. Well, and that sort of leads me to my next question: What advice do you have for somebody who's listening, who's like, "Yeah, I'm ready to pivot my life. I want to start my own deal. They want to go. Maybe they want to be a solopreneur like I am and just work for themselves. And you know, maybe they want to go speak or consult or write or do one of a million things that you can do as a solopreneur. Or maybe they want to start like a venture where they have to go get money, like from someone like you as an investor. What advice do you have for somebody? So one of the things that we teach investors or when we get new deals, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give kind of some insight into the mind of an investor. And this is for people who want to become investors or even entrepreneurs that are you know, going to be working with the investors. There's only two questions that we ask as bankers, investment bankers who are raising money for a company. There's two questions that will tell us 90% of what we need to know about this opportunity. Number one, how much have you raised to date? Number two, what do you do with it? The answer to those two questions will tell us so much um, about an investment opportunity or a company 
or the business model or the management. We raised $500,000 and we got a proof of concept. We have clients in the pipeline. We are you know, hitting our milestones. Things are happening you know, for us. We're in the right space. It's, it's just going fantastic. We have nothing but upside. And we just need a little bit more money to help take it to the next level. Okay, tell me more. As opposed to, well, you know, we raised $10 million and um, we've got this huge infrastructure. We've got a big building. Um, we're far away from validation or proof of concept. And um, we're, you know, trying to raise another $10 million so we can, you know, uh, get to our first clients, hire a big sales force, and then we'll see revenue in a year and a half. That's probably, you don't want to put more bad money into a bad situation. So, <laughs> so, so, so what I would tell, you know, what I would tell people as a takeaway is, just ask these two questions and, and it doesn't matter what side of the equation you're on, but how much, how much have you raised to date and what do you do with it? And you may be the one who has to answer that question. And if you're going to be an investor, make sure you ask that question. <laughs> so how important is your network? If you're going to be an entrepreneur, how important is the people you connect with? Uh, I think it's, it's probably one of the most critical success factors. And right? Why do you, it why do you is, say that? Um, because the more people, you know, the more, um, what, what, what I've seen is that the more people, you know, the more you hear about opportunities, the more, uh, you can get referrals, the more resources, um, we're not that far away removed from, you know, maybe one or two degrees, one or two introductions away from almost everybody that you need to meet. It's important, but networking and being out there will open you up to business opportunities, talent, um, uh, financing opportunities. Uh, this, you know, it, it becomes who you know, and then on the flip side of that, who who knows you, <laughs> right? And and I think networking is critical. And I'd also just say, when I did, when I have had to get jobs in the past in my life, it was all through networking. I never went to the you know Monster dot com or or, or Hotjobs dot com, <laughs> got or even through a recruiter. It was all through people who I knew. Well, I was, I was laid off several times just because the economy in Austin has bounced up and down over the last 28 years, the 26 years that I lived here. And every time I got laid off, I had a new job within three weeks and I barely made an outbound call. And people always said, Tom, you're the only person I know who gets laid off up. But that was because in those days, I knew everybody in the business community. And there, I mean, a couple of times people created jobs because they heard I was on the market. And I was like, ooh, that's a cool job. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that would work so well now. I've been out of the game for eight years because I've been living on airplanes. But when I was working in Austin, you know, I was really well plugged in and it paid off. It was my safety net every time something went awry for the companies that I was working for. It was never my fault. Uh, I never created uh, a company. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, so because you had that, that safety net in place and you had the foresight and the awareness to have, you know, to, to put it there, um, you succeeded, right? And you survived and your family was fine. Uh, you were able to put food on the table, so <laughs> that, to speak. Most but days, even, most but, but, but even now you're networking, right? You're networking with meeting planners, event coordinators, um, you know, all kinds of people in your business. You're doing sure. the podcasting. You're, you're out there, network, network, network. It's fantastic. And I will say the podcast has been like the single greatest networking tool ever on a couple levels. One is people like you, when I ask you to be on the show, they, they say yes. And some of the people who've been on the show, I've kept in touch with, and they've become friends of mine and, uh, they've referred me to work. Uh, others, um, you know, who listen to the show, who I'm not really networking in the common sense that we're actually having a conversation or we're, you know, I, I don't know who they are, but I've actually had people who listen to the show who say, you know, I kind of feel like I know who you are. I know about your kids. I know about your life. You know, you talk about this stuff. You talked about, you know, the, the career path you've gone on and then they refer me business and they're, you know, sort of part of the community. And so I laugh that it's the single best networking tool I've ever seen. And I've been teaching this stuff for over 10 years. So 
Um, it, it, it's the power of radio, right? That's what we're. Ta- that's what you're tapping into is the power of radio. It's, it's a one-on-one um, relationship with the listener, and, yeah. and that's fantastic. And I'm fortunate. I have you know a small but mighty audience. They are uh, the people who listen to the show are awesome, and they all have that entrepreneurial spirit. They want to go do something. If they're not doing it yet, they, they're on that path. Hey, I got a couple more questions for you, Scott. But before I do that, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Scott Lopez. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you, some of you do, Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the special offer they have for the listeners of this show. And if you have questions, give them a call. Say, I listen to Tom's show. He talks about you every single week. And he says that you're the best vendor he's ever worked with. And uh, they'll tell you everything you need to know on how to work with them. So they're, they're awesome. So Scott, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in your career, in your business right now? Uh, starting a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that so cool? I mean, we've already talked about why it's cool, but yeah, it's cool because it's a, it's a form for me to get out there and I use it for, uh, to learn, right. To establish the relationships with the companies who may become clients and deals to establish the relationships with the investors who I will go to at a later date and possibly present deals to. So it's helping me from both sides of the equation for my business. It's fun. For all the same reasons you just talked about, um, I stay relevant. I'm an authority. I'm able to get out there and grow my uh, grow my audience, and also uh, perhaps you know get another revenue stream or one or two or three out of out of uh, doing the podcast, as well as um, I work on my communication skills. I mean, you're an excellent communicator. You're a professional speaker, and um, you know I hope to, to to get better and more polished in that in that way. Awesome. So I think great entrepreneurs, and certainly if you're an investment banker, are observers. So who do you see out there in the entrepreneurial world where you say, wow, he or she, they're doing something cool? Um, the one that jumps to mind would be Elon Musk, right? I don't always agree with everything he says, but I think he's pretty, uh, uh, I think he's pretty disruptive. Um, I mean, rockets, electric cars, going to Mars, you know, hyper, hyper tubes between LA and San Francisco. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool stuff, right? It's, it's really, really cool stuff. And I'm not going to get into politics, but I will say President Trump, from a disruptive perspective, uh, the guy's a disruptor. So I I admire what's going on in terms of the change. I don't think the country will ever be the same one way or the other uh, after this president. So um, he catches my attention just because he's a, uh, a disruptor and my show is Disruptive Investor Radio. Well, and, and what I say to people is, I you know, I don't care what you think of any one politician. And I mean, certainly he is is one of the most controversial ones that I've ever seen in my lifetime. But, you know, the fact is you can't just immediately – today uh, I was at the gym and somebody said something about the president. Another person said, oh, I, I, I will not have a conversation where he's mentioned. And they, the guy walked away from the other guy and – I was like, I wanted to jump in and say, you you can't not pay attention. You know, you can't not speak of him. He's not he's not Voldemort. We can't say he's the one we do not name. Uh, you know, and you, you're right. I think that for better or worse, it's going to be different uh, the next election and uh, many going forward and, and the way things will get done. So uh, I actually appreciate you saying that. I think it's the first time anyone has ever singled him out on my show. So uh, we'll, 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 <laughs> well, 
We'll yeah, you- I mean, I watch Fox Business, I watch uh, CNBC, you know, part of the financial uh, news media, and I watch it just to see what's going on. I watch to see what's going on in the market. I also am watching the commentators on all the networks just because I think they're good storytellers. Um, doesn't mean I agree with what they're saying, but just from a, a, uh, a an ob- how would I say observation perspective? Right? Well, and the game that I play Best whenever practices. whenever anything is going down that's major news. I tend to like to flick between CNBC, I'm sorry, uh, MSNBC, CNN, and Fox. And so I'll spend like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, you know, 15 minutes there, and I'll, I'll just pop around between them. And it's fascinating because sometimes, depending what the story is, they're, they're all the same. They're all reporting very much the same, very objectively. And sometimes they all come in with their spin and their angle. And I'm kind of a centrist, so I don't, I don't have a dog in either race. And it's fascinating to me. Uh, how different the reporting can be. It's like, am I watching the same breaking news? I mean, election night was like three different yeah. stories. And it's like, this is almost yeah. frightening the way it's being reported so differently. And and I'm not saying anybody is better or worse. It was frighteningly different. I think, I think the point here, the bigger picture point is critical thinking, right? Don't get sucked into any one narrative on any one issue. Think for yourself, look at all sides of the equation, which is something I'm trying to do on my radio show, on my podcast. You know, say we're talking artificial intelligence. Well, a CEO is going to, an entrepreneur is going to tell me one thing, you know, and the, uh, the investor is going to tell me something else. And then we can together, you know, uh, you have enough information to hopefully make an informed, educated decision. Mm-hmm. And that mindset, question everything, is something every entrepreneur should have. Yeah. Oh, I think that's great advice. Hey, the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think entrepreneurs want to do more than just make money. I mean, making money is great, but I think they want to do more than that. And I think they, they want to leave a mark behind. So I love to find out how people give back to, to, to society, to charities, to philanthropy, to just the greater good. So what do you do? So two things. Um, mentorship is really important for me personally. Um, I was a welfare kid. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was two and a half. I came from very humble beginnings. And had it not been for coaches, teachers, Marine Corps officers, um, you know, certain people along the way that took interest in me to help mentor me and nurture me along the way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be living in Newport Beach, California, being an investment banker <laughs> and you know, having flown F-18s. You know, you don't do it alone. So mentorship is really, really important to me. So anytime I have a chance to mentor, I do. And again, the, the radio show itself, was um, uh, you know disruptiveinvestorradio.com. That is a vehicle to just educate people, right, and and let them know of all this disruption that's happening. Don't be afraid of it. Um, one of the things on in jujitsu when we fight somebody, um, you know, don't be in fear, right? There's nothing to be afraid. Respect, respect your opponent, but you don't need to fear your opponent. So so respect the disruption. Get educated on it, but you don't have to fear it. For all you know, it could be you know, something that totally changes your life in a positive way. Hmm. No, I think I think that's awesome. In fact, tonight after we finish this interview, I'm actually having dinner. I mentor two gentlemen who are both about 27, 28 years old. People who listen to the show, I talk about them quite often. They're like my extra kids. My my, my two daughters are like, they're not in the will, are they? And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> my, my daughters refer to both these guys as my quote unquote sons. And they're like, they don't like inherit anything. Do they? They're like fake sons, right? I'm like, yeah, that's that's right. They're not getting the they're not getting the money. And my kids are like, okay, you can hang out with them. 
But uh, one of them has moved to Los Angeles to pursue his sort of lifelong dream of becoming an actor. And I, you know, I mean, we've talked a lot about it because it was a scary move for him. And I've just sort of stepped in, you know, as this this mentor. And, uh, you know, I think I've had a positive impact on both of their lives. But what they tell me is uh, what I what I need to tell them is how much I learn from them. I think if you're over 50, like I am, one of the smartest things you can do is to have friends in their 20s because you will learn so much about business and life and technology and society and culture that if you're just hanging out with other 50-year-olds, you're not going to get. So I think mentorship's great, but I also think you have to remember if you're going to be a mentor, you're actually a mentee of that younger person at the same time. Uh, no doubt. And, and I'll just tell you from a disruptive technology perspective, you want to learn about something that's really changing the world. Um, in, in, in between generations, it's esports and gaming, uh, right? I mean, more crazy. More, more, yeah, more millennials are watching other people play video games uh, than they're watching the NFL or the NBA or the Major League Baseball combined. Isn't that and, nuts? And that, that's disruptive. <laughs> and that's not people our age, it's people much younger than us. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for, for jumping on here and being a guest and sharing your, your path and your ideas and your wisdom with the people here at the Cool Kids table. You know, I, uh, I, I had a listener tell me that, or a guest tell me that, you know, she had never been at the Cool Kids table before when she got to be on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. She felt like that was like going back to high school and sitting at the good table. And I laughed and I thought, okay, that's what we're going to call this now is, is welcome to the Cool Kids table. Uh, so, I love it. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, uh, your path and your wisdom with everybody here at our cool kids table. If somebody wants to find you, if they're like, I, I got to know more, more about this guy. Uh, how do they do that? It's real simple. Just go to uh, disruptiveinvestorradio.com and there'll be links there to uh, my regular site, but you can check out the show there and uh, there's information on how to get a hold of me. And I, I just want to thank you, Tom. It's been fantastic. Uh, I love your high energy. I love your speaking. I love uh, your mentorship. I love the community. I love what you're doing. So congratulations on 299 and uh, number 300 will be uh, the next show. So the, the big winner, give him the big prize. That's right. Congratulations to all your success. And I, I wish you nothing but more. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you like the show, if you like being on it, make sure you tell all your friends. And so, oh, for sure. <laughs> hey, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool. I know it seems hard. Just as cool as Scott Lopez, but uh, also if you want to keep involved, you can always find us over on Facebook, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, on Twitter, at Cool Podcast, and you can always join my uh, group mentor mastermind group, the Potential Mastermind Project. You just have to go to PotentialMastermind.com and you'll find all the information that you need right there. Again, we're going to be back in a couple days, but in the meantime, you go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>